feel like we have some church up in here already, doesn't it? We've done that song all day. And I'm like, it's not going to get me this time. It's not going to get me this time. And I'm over there going, it got me again. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you're here tonight. I started to, I started to do an opening illustration and ask uh, how, many people, how many people have actually been to jail. Um, but this is second chance. And, and I, some of y'all, and we got some staff members that would have to fess up. I'm not, I'm not saying who. I'm not saying who on our staff has actually been to jail. I will tell you, it's none of the men. Am I, try, am I lying? Am I, am I lying? Cole, am I lying? And, that, and in fact, you were a bail bondsman. That, that's how you met Addie. And so we're super, anyway, that's not true. That's not true. Anyway, I, so I wanted to start this way and give me a minute to get there. Uh, but when I was a kid, um, my dad, especially when I was like five, five or six years old, he was the coolest person on the planet. And anything that he, he had these sayings and they were just, um, I didn't know what they meant, but he would say them and they would make people laugh. And so I like to repeat my dad because I like to see people laugh. One of his sayings that he used to love to say, because he would go out in the yard and he would work and my dad, I inherited this from him. I, I sweat, he sweat, like we would sweat like crazy. And he would come in and somebody would say, buddy, that was his nickname or Mel, you're sweating. And this was his response. I'm sweating like a whore in church. <laughs> now, I had no idea what that meant, but everybody laughed and they thought it was funny. And I thought, well, okay, you know, just kind of filed that back. So I was in the first grade <laughs> at Easley Christian School. Now, Easley Christian School, they took the fun out of fundamentalists, okay? They are, they are, I mean, they are so legalistic. I mean, you can't even say darn. I mean, it's, it's legalistic. Miss Coffee's class, we're out at recess, we're playing kickball or something, I'm sweating. And I came back in and she said, hey Perry, are you sweating? I said, Miss Coffee, I'm sweating like a whore in church. Miss Coffee knew what that meant, I didn't. So I got to go to, to, the, to the office, to the principal's office. Now back in the day, some of you will remember this, when, when people went to the principal's office, they didn't go to the principal's office so their parents could come to the school and lecture the principal. I mean, you, you got a paddling. They had this thing called a paddle. Um, and that was my first time to go get a paddling. So I'm in the principal's office and I'm sitting there and I am mortified because I don't know what I've done. I don't know what happened. I was like, I just said this thing that my dad says and he never got in trouble for it. And oh, and by the way, by the way, also when I was in school, my parents had a two for one special. You got one at school, you got one at home. And they, and they didn't even ask questions, except on this time, my mom got mad at my dad. Anyway, I'm sitting in the principal's office and I, I for, it felt like 17 years went by. Have you ever been in one of those situations where you're just feeling like, dear God, please get me out of here. God, I'll do anything. God, I, I, I prayed, I prayed for deliverance. I prayed for the walls to fall down because I read that story where they marched around the walls of Jericho and they fell down. I prayed for, you know, God took Daniel out of the lion's den, take me out and the, and the principal showed up. And my principal, when he came in to give a paddling, he didn't walk in gingerly. He came in like John Cena. He had like walk-in music and fire and everything. And, and I never will forget that day feeling so trapped and so overwhelmed. And that's a story that we can kind of laugh at a little bit. But what we can't laugh at is I would be willing to bet in this room tonight and, and to our friends watching online that there are some people 
that you feel trapped in a circumstance or, or, or an addiction or anxiety or worry or depression. And, and you can't figure it out because, listen, all of us have done stupid stuff in life and we pay the price for stupid stuff. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. We know that. But some of us, we, we feel like, listen, I hadn't always gotten it wrong. In fact, I, I do more right than I do wrong and I'm still in a messed up situation. And this is reality I'm, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend the rest of the time teaching on this. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. I, I wish that wasn't true, but it's true. I remember being in an event once or a conference and they asked this theologian, that's what he's known as, a theologian, I'm not gonna say his name, but no, I'm really not gonna say his name. And somebody asked him, why do bad things happen to good people? And he paused and got a little pensive for a second. And he was like, the problem with the question is there are no bad things and there are no good people. And I was like, that's why you suck right there. That's why you have no friends and you're a theologian. That means I have no friends, okay? I, I know some good people who some bad things have happened to and you can't explain it. And Peter knew that as well. So reading through, uh, reading through 1 Peter, I was reading through chapter three trying to figure out what I'm gonna preach on and the first six verses are for women, for wives. And then there's one verse for men because God knew women need details, men you just get straight to the point. So there's one verse, right? But then you get to this verse and this one got me. This is what Peter said, watch. Peter said this, but even if you suffer, for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Now, it took me a minute to understand what Peter was saying here. In fact, it, it took me a lot of time and a lot of life. That Because I understand suffering for doing what is bad. But suffering for doing what is right? That didn't make sense to me. And I just wanna encourage somebody tonight that feels like you're in the middle of a situation. And listen, maybe you own it. Maybe it's your fault you're there and you want to get out. Or maybe you find yourself in a situation where life, something crazy or insane happened and you feel like you're being punished. How do you get out of a situation like that? And I'm glad you asked that question because we're gonna to go to the book of Acts and look at, Peter, in this passage, Peter, he's, he's smoking what he's selling, okay? I'm gonna let that sit in. Well, some of our people, they got it. They got it. Some of our people are like, I don't understand. Just talk to one of our staff in the lobby after the message. They'll be glad to explain that to you, all right? So Peter says this. Peter, I think, is reflecting on this thing that happened in Acts chapter 12, um, verse one. Watch this. He said, about that time... This is what Luke tells us. King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. Now, I always, want to point, I always want to stop and point this out, and I'm always going to do it. If it gets on your nerves, it's fine, but I'm always going to do it. Can you believe there was a time in the history of the world where government officials would persecute the church? Hypothetically, like a, like a lockdown situation. You know, you know, like government will persecute the church. And by the way, 
Government has always persecuted the church. And just FYI, long term, it always works out for the church and it doesn't work out for the government. The Roman government was the first, remember they had the Caesars, the rulers. The Roman government was the first government to persecute the church and today we name our children Peter, Paul, and Mary and we name our dogs Caesar and Nero. So I'm just telling you, God's, God, God is not worried about the government, okay? Okay, so, so King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. By the way, who were doing the right thing? They were just trying to love Jesus. They were just trying to make the world a better place. Here comes the government. Watch this, verse two. He had the apostle James, and then Luke tells us, John's brother, and I'm glad he clarified because there's a, there's a couple Jameses in the New Testament, and we can't get them mixed up. There was one James who wrote the book of James, who was the half-brother of Jesus. That's not the same. This James was the James of Peter, James, and John. He was John's brother. Like, this was one of the inner circle of Jesus. When Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration and he was transfigured, Peter, James, and John were there. Anytime Jesus wanted to break away and just have a few people around him, it was Peter, James, and John. James was a major player in the early church and he gets killed off in chapter 12. This is horrible. This would be like, how many, saw, how many saw Top Gun? The original Top Gun. How many, okay. How many saw the second Top Gun? The second one. Okay, let's imagine Top Gun Maverick and, and, and the movie starts. This isn't how it goes. By the way, if you haven't seen it, I'm not ruining anything. And here comes Tom Cruise and he's walking toward the airplane and they got that camera angle to make him look tall because he's short, but they got that. So he's walking toward the airplane. I didn't know that, Shannon told me. But he's walking toward the airplane and he gets in the airplane and he takes off. And as soon as the airplane takes off, a missile comes and blows up and kills Tom Cruise. Nobody in this room would be like, man, that's, that's a good movie. You can't, you can't kill the main character that early. And when we understand that this is one of the, I mean, if you're gonna kill an apostle, Thaddeus would be a good, like nobody even knows Thaddeus. Like nobody even knows Bartholomew. It took him seven years to learn how to say his name, okay? Because Bartholomew, he, and I don't even know if they had hooked on phonics back then. So why do you have to kill James? Let me ask you a question though. Do you think when James got arrested, because he got arrested before he got killed, do you think when James got arrested, the church prayed yes or no? Yes, absolutely. They probably prayed for James to be safe. God protect him. God get, they were probably like, nothing's gonna happen to James. He's one of the main guys and he gets killed. Now, how does this leave the church feeling? Hurt, confused, broken, worried. Church is not in a good place after this. And then, <laughs> just to put the icing on the cake, when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, got to do it. Can you believe there was a time in the history of the world where political leaders did things not because they were the right thing to do, but, but, but because they pleased a certain people group? Once again, 
Aren't you glad we've made so much progress? The re- hey, let me tell you the reason I point this out. It's because a lot of people love to say that the Bible is an ancient book and it talks about what happened. No, no, no. The Bible is a living and active book and it's telling us what's happening because what's happening here is happening in the world if we just open our eyes. So, so yeah, thank you, thank you. I had like... I need to plant somebody to clap every once in a while, just a planted clapper. I don't know if you need a part-time job, but the planted clapper will be good. He also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Now, if you're Peter and you get arrested, what do you think's about to happen to you? Anybody? You're going to die. You're going to die. And so the next verse says, then... (laughs) Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. What I really want to talk about right here, though, is the four squads of four soldiers each. That's 16 soldiers, and I'm not a math expert, but I can do that math. Now, let me just kind of back up and tell you something about men. This is true about nearly every man that I know. And if this is not true about you, then you're the exception. But when a man walks in to an unfamiliar environment, he don't know who's in the room, he don't know what's going on, that man will size every man in the room up. He will. He'll be like, I I can take that guy, I can take that guy. Hey, I I did this uh, Thursday night. Shannon and I drove to Pennsylvania, um, (laughs) not because we didn't have anything to do. Uh, My niece got married in Pennsylvania, and so we drove 10 and a half hours, and and we made made good time. We made good time, because I might have fractured the speed limit. But once we got up there, um, we missed the rehearsal dinner. I wasn't too mad about that. But but they were having like the after party at this little brewery. And so we went to a brewery. I was fine, y'all. I drank water on the rocks. Okay, I'm good. That's actually what I ordered. I said, I'd like water on the rocks, please. The bartender laughed. I made him laugh, so I thought that was funny. Then I said, I'm sweating like a whore in church. He didn't laugh at that. Anyway, so I, I just, I just making sure y'all paying attention. But when I walked into that room, when I walked into that bar area, Within two minutes, I had sized every man. Oh, and by the way, I stood with my back to the wall. I had sized every man up. I was like, I can take that guy. I can take that guy. I might need to pack a lunch for that dude. I would have to sucker punch him, but I could get him. Like, I'm sized. Now, here's the reason I'm bringing that up. If you were sizing people up, every man in this room would look at Peter and be like, oh, I got him. Here's why. Peter ran from a teenage girl the night Jesus got crucified. Hello? Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, no, I'm not going to deny. And the first time, the guy came up and he denied. Second time, it was a teenage girl. She's like, are you Peter? He was like, no. And he ran. The reason I'm saying that is because if a teenage girl made him run, don't you think that 16 Special forces soldiers is a bit much for Peter, yes or no? Yeah. But don't miss, don't miss this. The enemy, when he gets us in a place called prison, always wants us to feel overwhelmed and hopeless. Do you think Peter thought a jailbreak was possible? No. 
Peter looked at the jail. He's in chains. And he's looking at these 16 trained killers who, by the way, they lose their life if he escapes. And he is overwhelmed and without hope. The reason I bring that up is I'd be willing to bet there's somebody in this room tonight. And that's where you are. Overwhelmed and no hope. You, you feel like you're stuck in the middle of a situation and, and you, you can't see a way out. And it, if, you, if you're there, <laughs> I get it. I understand. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It confirms that you're human. So Peter's in jail. He's overwhelmed. He's, and he's not there because he did something bad or evil. He was doing the right stuff. Isn't it funny that the enemy sometimes will attack you the most when you're doing the right thing? I had somebody tell me one time, if, you, if you're not experiencing opposition from the devil, it means that you and the devil are walking the same way. I didn't say that this morning. See, you get extra stuff when you come at five o'clock. Watch this verse. But while, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Now, I'm just gonna ask a question and I want an honest answer. They were praying for Peter. But did they really believe that God was gonna do something for Peter? Probably not. Because they had prayed for James. How'd that work out for him? So don't miss this. You got a bunch of broken, hurt, confused people praying for Peter. I started thinking, that's all, that's who shows up at church. Broken, hurt, confused people. And the person that thinks they got it all together, <laughs> they're actually on the Pharisees team. They're on the other side, right? All of us, in some way, we're broken, confused, or hurt. And they're praying. Now, when I talk about prayer, people get nervous. Pastor P, I can't pray. I don't know how to pray. And the only reason you would say that is because you've been around some Christians who, who have jacked up prayer for you. For example, I remember becoming a Christian, going to this little prayer thing, and we'd all hold hands. And if you didn't want to pray, you would just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. But I was ready to pray, man. I was ready. I was, I was, I was in. I was like, I'm going to pray at this thing, have my courage up until the guy next to me. And I knew this guy. He's a friend. He's the one. He's like, let's pray. I was like, yeah, let's pray. We all got our heads bowed. He was like, Father, we thankest thou for thy many blessings. I was like, thankest thou. What are you doing right now? You're talking in King James language. I mean, what? You're, you, what? And so when it got my turn, I just squeezed the hand because I was like, I don't know how to do that. I, I don't know. But God, God doesn't want us to be fake. He wants us to be real. I was in a hospital room one time with my dad. There's a little charismatic preacher in there. And I walked in. He was like, I'm the preacher. And he says, told me the church. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just here visiting your dad. He was walking around the hospital just visiting people. Um, and I, I didn't think that was, I kind of think it's weird. But anyway, so I just walked in, sat down with him. He's like, hey, before, before we leave, he's a quiet little old man. He's so cute. He said, can we pray for you, daddy? I was like, yeah, let's pray for daddy. So we got around, we held hands, and we got real quiet. And he went, God, I was like, whoa, what did God go deaf? Why are we yelling at him right now? Nurses came in, monitors went off. It was insane. I was like, why are we yelling at God? He can hear us. When we pray, all we've got to do is be honest with God. That's all we got to do. I've had people tell me, I can't tell God what's on my heart. Really? He knows. 
This is a group of broken, hurt, confused people. And they're like, we don't know what to do, God. We prayed for James. It didn't work. We're frustrated. We're hurt that you took James from us. But you know what, God? Ah, if you can do something for Peter. Now, this is the other thing I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to show you this throughout the text. One of the things I love to do, and it's, it's not a good thing, is I love to watch TV preachers. I am obsessed with it. If I'm flipping across the channels and I find a TV preacher, I've got... We need to do a documentary series on me watching TV preachers because I promise you, you would be highly entertained. Be way better than Tiger King. I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's fascinating because I get mad and I talk back and there was this one guy, and, and this is a very common, common theme. I've heard people say, if you have faith, if you just have faith and you pray for something, God will give it to you. And if he doesn't give it to you, you didn't have enough faith. And I'm like, crack smoker? No, that is not... That's not true. Because if it was your faith that made it happen, then you did the work, not God. God's gonna set it up where he's gonna get the glory, not us. So you got a bunch of people, and I'm gonna show you they didn't have a lot of faith. I'm gonna show you in this text. It's gonna be, you'll never forget it, I promise. It's gonna be funny. So Peter's in prison. This group of broken, hurting, confused, jacked up people are praying for him. And this is what happens. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial. He was asleep, fastened with two chains. I love that, two chains in the Bible. I love that, two chains and Ludacris and Wiz Khalifa, they were all there. Some of y'all don't know that, but anyway, we'll just get this. Between two soldiers, others stood guard at the prison gate. Now, how many people, how many people, if you got something coming up big the next day, you can't sleep the night before? Anybody, anybody? Okay, yeah, that's me. Like when I took my CWP, I was nervous. And I wasn't nervous because of anything having to do with gun safety. I was nervous because they told me I had to take a test. And tests freak me out. They make me nervous. I get nervous when I take tests. Some people, if you know you got a job interview, you're nervous. You're nervous. If, if you know that the next day you're going to die, are you going to be able to sleep? No. There's not enough ambient on the planet to make me sleep if I'm about to die. How? So I'm reading this and I'm like, how is Peter sleeping when he knows he's about to die? And then it hit me. The verse right before this said the church was praying for Peter. Huh. Could it be that through their prayers, God gave Peter the peace that passes all understanding. Could it be that the church's prayers were stronger than Herod's prison? The church is praying. Not Peter. There's nowhere in this text that said Peter ever prayed. But the church is praying, and Peter's in chains, shackled, surrounded, and in complete peace. Isn't it funny how God, have you ever met somebody like that? Their life's falling apart and they got a smile on their face? You're like, what is wrong with you? And they're like, I don't know, I just got peace. The church is praying, Peter's experiencing peace, and then this next part, this is insane. Watch this. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. Now, you would think 
that this would wake Peter up. But no, homeboy was sleeping hard. Now, how many, how many light sleepers do I have in the room? You're just a light sleeper? Yeah, 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 yeah. How many heavy sleepers do I have? Okay, I'm, it's situational for me. I can sleep through a thunderstorm, like a thunderstorm, made, like shaking the house, I can sleep through it. But if somebody touches the knob to my front door, I'm wide awake, wide awake, wide awake. It's crazy. So the angel shows up and apparently the angel shows up and there's a lot of light and the angel is probably expecting Peter to be a little excited, right? So the angel shows up and, 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 he's, and Peter's just sleeping and the angel's like, are you kidding me? And I, I think the angel was a little ticked. Let me, sh- let me prove it to you. The angel struck him on the side. You like that? The angel was like, get your, get your butt up. He's from the south side of heaven, okay? He's like, get your. Angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. That's all he said. Three words. Now, if I'm Peter, I have some questions. Um, why? Uh, who are you? What are we gonna do after I get up? Like, I've got all these questions, but here's what I wanna show you that just stood out to me. Peter Peter didn't understand anything that was going on, but he knew this was an angel. An angel was carrying a word from God, and that word for Peter was to get up. And watch what happens. When Peter got up, watch what happens. And the chains fell off his wrist. You see, when God shows up, and we begin to take those steps like he leads us to take, the chains that the enemy tried to put on us can't stay on us because because God's word is stronger than the chains that the enemy tries to use to hold us back. God, that was good if I gotta say it myself. Y'all, I'm I'm not scared to tell y'all I'm preaching good right now. Y'all better get into this a little bit because holy crap, I'm I'm gonna go back and watch it and amen myself on Facebook, on the Facebook. That's good, y'all. And the reason I'm saying this is because there's some people in this room tonight and you feel like you're wrapped up in chains and all you gotta do is take that next step when God says take that next step. And I'm telling you, stuff that the enemy tried to put on you, can't stay on you. It will fall off. I love this. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went into the furnace. The Bible says they came out and they didn't even smell like smoke. You won't even smell like what you went through if you'll just take God at his word and take that next step. It's so beautiful and it's right there in the text. He got up. See, this is where we got to understand that prayer and participation go hand in hand. If we're going to pray, we got to be willing to participate. For example, Noah. Remember God said, hey, I'm killing everybody except you and your family, and you need to build a boat? Cole, there's your justification for getting a boat. You, you, you say, you're saving your family. Y'all pray for Cole. He wants a boat. What if Noah would have just went and sat in a field, said, God, I'm believing. I'm believing right now for a boat. I'm believing for a miracle. I'm believing that you are more than able. I be- he would have died because God didn't tell him to pray. God said, build the boat. Now, I'm sure he prayed as he went along for strength and all this other stuff. But the thing is, we're willing to pray. God, please help me in this situation. And God goes, yeah, you're gonna have to get rid of that person you're dating. Oh, I don't, oh, oh, snap. It just got tense in here, didn't it? 
That's when, I, that's when I love it. That's when you know, yeah, you just need to block that number. You need to stop scrolling. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pray that God will deliver us, but we gotta, sometimes we've we got to take that step of faith. And so that's what he told Peter to do. And then as soon as Peter, and let me say this because I want to clarify this. Because I've had people go, Pastor Pete, what's my next step? Until God tells you your next step, just do what he told you last a lot. Because he'll show you your next step. He wants us to get it more than we want to get it. Okay? So the next thing that happened, the angel told him, <laughs> get dressed and put on your sandals. So evidently, Peter slept naked. And I'm not judging people for sleeping naked. I'm just saying it's a thing. But the angel was like, listen, we're not streaking through Jerusalem, all right? So you're going to have to put some clothes on, boy. Told y'all, south side. Um, and so he said, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now, that's faith. Getting dressed, not understanding where you're going. Not understanding what's about to happen. And getting dressed anyway. That's faith. Now, we see it in the church that was praying they were praying even though it didn't work out the first time when James died, but they were praying anyway. Sometimes we, we, we just got to step up and do it when we don't feel like. Sometimes we don't feel like going to church, but we need to go to church anyway. Sometimes we don't feel like reading our Bible, but we got to read the Bible anyway. Sometimes we don't feel like praying, but we got to pray anyway. Sometimes we don't feel like encouraging somebody, but we got to speak encouragement anyway. Sometimes, see, spiritual maturity is when we don't feel like it, but we can step up and do it anyway. So Peter gets dressed, and then, and then the angel said, now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. Now, none, at, at no point is Peter asking any questions. And by the way, all this is happening because this broken, wounded, hurt, confused group of people is praying, and God's working. They're not aware of what God's doing over here, but he's working. Sometimes we throw up prayers and we wonder, do they work? Oh, they work. They always work. Watch this. So Peter left the cell following the angel. Watch this. But all the time, he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. This is, I needed a mind diaper after I got done with this section because it literally blew my mind. Think about this. Peter, what did... What was Jesus' nickname for Peter? What did Jesus call Peter when Peter said, you're the Christ? Peter called him the rock. You're the rock. And Peter was probably like, yeah, I'm the rock. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? I think that's where it came from in the Greek. I'm just saying, Peter was like the rock. He was strong. He, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people. God said, Peter, Peter brought a person who was dead back to life one time. I mean, Peter was the man. But when Peter got put in prison, Peter had a hard time believing that God was doing something good on his behalf. And I bring that up because all of us are guilty. We don't have a problem many times thinking God wants to do something great for other people. We just have a hard time believing God wants to do something great for our lives. We sell ourselves so short. I, I believe God wants to do something good for you, but phew, I know me. And so P Peter is having a hard time believing that God is doing something on his behalf. So, technically, did Peter have the faith to make this happen? Nope, and it's still happening. 
Don't you love it when God says, you don't have any faith, but I'm gonna do something anyway? God, I love that. He's so good. They passed the first and second guard post, which I think when they passed the first one, he was like, hey, man, we're coming up on the guard. And the angel's like, I ain't scared of no guard. Because in the Old Testament, one angel showed up to a battle and killed 185,000 men. He's like, we got these 16 special forces. We good, we good. So when they walked by the second one, people was like, well, what's up, dog? What's up? What's up? With my friend here, the angel, the guy that's glowing. Yeah, that's, I don't think that happened, but <laughs> could have. They came to the iron gate leading to the city. Now, this is a problem because the iron gate, it took several men to open this and close this every single day. And Peter's like, uh-oh, we got a problem. And when you're, when you're walking in God's ways, <laughs> he just removes obstacles. Watch this. So, so they came to the iron gate leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. Like that, like this, it just, so they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him, which was probably weird. Because Peter's like, man, that thing with the jail and the thing and the chains and the writ. Hey, wait. Oh, shoot. What just happened? Like, he, can you imagine this would be awkward? And so Peter don't know what to do. He's like, I'm out of jail. They're obviously going to be really ticked. The angel left me holding the bag. Literally, he just kind of left. And so Peter said, Peter finally came to a census. <laughs> I love that. It, I was just reminded, it, it lit, this literally just hit me, um, that the prodigal son in Luke 15 had to come to his senses before he went back home. One of, the, one of the greatest blessings that God can give us, especially when we're walking away from him, is allowing us to come to our senses. By the way, let me just hit on this while I'm on it. A lot of times people will say, hey, will you talk to my brother? Or will you talk to my sister? Or will you talk to my sister? They're an addict. And I'm like, do they wanna have a conversation? And no, they don't wanna talk to you. Well, I'm not gonna talk to them because until somebody wants it, until they come to their senses, you can't want it for them, even though you love them. I said that for somebody in the room tonight because I didn't say that all morning. That's for somebody in the room tonight. You got a friend or a family member and they are addicted and they're blowing up their life and you wanna, you wanna do an intervention. You can't do an intervention because you're not God and you're not almighty, and you're, but you, you know what you can do? You can pray for that person and step back and watch God do what he does all the time. He takes messes and turns them into miracles. He takes people in prison, even the prison of addiction, and sets them free. I've seen him do it. So Peter came to his senses. It's really true. Now he's talking to himself, which we, we do that sometimes. It's really true. He said, the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Isn't that cool? Peter couldn't see it when it was happening. Don't miss this, because this is good. I'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all this is good. Peter couldn't see it when it was happening. He couldn't see it when the angel was giving him instructions. He couldn't see it when the chains were falling off. He couldn't see it when they were walking out. He couldn't see it when the gate opened. But once he got to a place where it was no longer happened, and he looked back, he was like, my 
God, you were in it the entire time. You're the one that, set the, that released me from the chains and you're the one that put the guards to sleep and you're the one that got me out. And the reason I bring that up is because if you're in the middle of a situation that you wish you weren't in, just pause for a second and look back because Peter had to look back to see that God had been with him the whole time. And I know there's some people in this room tonight. You might not be where you want to be in life, but if you'll pause for a second and be honest and look back, you will realize that God has never left you and he has never forsaken you. He has never abandoned you and he's always been with you. He's so good. So Peter, Peter's like, oh my gosh, it was you the whole time. Even Peter had a hard time believing that God wanted to do something for him, the rock. And Peter struggled, so will we. Isn't that that crazy? I love this next part. When When he realized this, He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. This is not a trick question. Who were they praying for? Peter, Peter. yeah, yeah. When he didn't know where to go, he just went to church. This is where it gets a little bit crazy. You're gonna have to stay with me for a second. I'm not a judgmental person, but I call things like I see it. Have you ever met a ditzy person you don't have to point. I'm just saying, don't stare at them. They'll be awkward. Actually, they wouldn't know why you're staring at them because they're, they're ditzy. Especially when they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, like, okay, like, okay, like, um, like, okay, like, um, like, uh, like, 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 I'm, I'm going, do you know another word? But if you say like, say like one more time, say like one, like, okay, like what? They're just, oh my God, oh my God. Now, the reason I bring that up is I'm not trying to be mean. Listen, if you're here and you're in the room and that's you, I'm not trying to, I don't even know you, okay? That's your friends judging you right now. Get mad at them, don't get mad at me. They didn't tell me you were coming. The reason I bring that up is because we're about, We're about to meet somebody very ditzy in the scripture. And there is comedy all through the Bible. You just got to see it. Watch this. He knocked at the door in the gate. Isn't that funny? When he was with an angel, he walked through an iron gate. But when when he didn't have the power of God with him, he had to knock at the door. He's knocking. And and a servant girl (laughs) named Rhoda came to open it. Now, Rhoda is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I believe Rhoda, if you've ever been to a good, they call it a prayer meeting where people are praying, there's always that one woman. Every, every, I'm telling you, she's in every prayer meeting. And she don't really pray, she just kind of stands in the back with her arms over and going, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord. But Rhoda was like, 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 like Jesus, like, yes, Lord, like, like, yes, like, oh my God, like, yes, like, yes, like, yes, like, yes, like, yes. And there's a knock and it's her job to go answer the door. She's like, I'm gonna go answer the door. And she goes to the door and she's like, who is it? Watch what happens. This is in the Bible, y'all. I just love the scriptures. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. Now, in my mind, I played this out. Rhoda's like, who is it? 
It's Peter. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. And she leaves him. She's like, okay, like guys, like, um, like, um, like, um, like, um, uh, okay. Whoo, not good. Like Peter is at the door. This is how I know that Rhoda was a little bit dizzy because they didn't buy it. They didn't believe her. <laughs> You're out of your mind, they said. So what she should have done is she should have just took her phone and said, oh my God, let's pose, selfie, hashtag miracles, look at that. Like she could have done that. But they were like, girl, you are out of your mind. When she insisted because she kept insisting, they watch this, they decided it must be his angel. Now, I wanna stop and point something out here. They, said, they literally said, this group of praying, God-fearing, Jesus-believing people, they said, oh, they killed him, and it's his angel. They believed they were praying for something but had a hard time believing it was going to happen have you ever been there praying for something having a hard time believing and and god takes the prayers of broken hurt confused people and uses them in ways that we could never imagine even when we don't think it's working. Because watch this. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. They would send Rhoda. Dear God, she's in there. Like Peter's at the door. Peter's knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. Isn't that crazy? We ask God to do big things, and God does them, and we're like, I can't believe it. Without going into to specifics, that happened to me today. I've been praying for a very specific thing to happen for about six months, and it happened this afternoon, and I couldn't believe it happened, even though I've been asking God for it. Some of you are like, what was it? I'll tell y'all another time. It's crazy. They were amazed. And he motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord, watch this, had led him out of prison. See, a lot of times we stay in prison because we don't follow his leadership. But if you're in that place, like Peter, where you've lost hope, you're, ex you're literally experiencing this thing called despair. There's no way out. You feel completely overwhelmed. This is what I want you to know tonight. There is power in a praying church. And there is power in letting other people pray for you. See, the benefit the church had is they knew the prison that Peter was in. But tonight, I don't know your prison. I don't know what's got you overwhelmed. I don't know what's got you feeling 
like it's always going to be this way and you're never going to break free. But I'll tell you this, if you want to experience a breakthrough, you got to get other people involved in the game. You, you've got to be willing, like Peter, to let other people pray for you. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's power when that happens. So Father, right now, I want to thank you for tonight. I want to thank you for every single person in this room. God, I know that none of us are here by accident. I know none of us are watching online by accident. And Jesus, I just want to pray right now in this place that you would move in such a powerful way that, that when we leave, we would, be, we, just, we would just know that your presence was in this place. Right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you're that person that I just talked about, you're, you, you feel like you're, you're, the, you're Peter in prison and you're overwhelmed. It's depression, it's anxiety, it's worry, it's addiction, it's something. And, and you just want to be free from that thing. If that's you and you're serious about wanting to get free, I just want you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to stand up right now. Stand right where you are. Just, just stand up. Stand up. Just stand up. Let's go. Hey, church, I want you to listen to me. I'm not freaking playing right now. Get your butt out of the seat. If you know that, that you need to break free from this, stand up. I mean, if you're serious, I mean, this, 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 church is not reputation management. Church is not a place where we go and we try to look good. If you're experiencing something that you don't want to be going through, we got people here that would love, love to pray for you. Now, there are people standing all over this room. If you're seated, I want you to look up right now. And if there's somebody standing near you I want you to get to them I want you to I, we got some people right back here I want, I want somebody to get back here um, I, we got some people over here to stay standing I want you to get to I want everybody that's standing to have somebody go to them right now you don't even know them go to them just stand up and put your hand on their shoulder if somebody is near you and they're standing up stand up with them put your hand on their shoulder right now just put, their, put your hand on their shoulder nobody's standing by themselves look around if you gotta scour this room look around make sure nobody's by themselves nobody's by themselves does anybody need anybody to pray with them right now? Just put up your hand and I'll get somebody to you. We'll get somebody to you. And right now, right now, with your hand on them, I just want you to pray for them by name. I want you to pray for them out loud. I want you to pray. I want you to literally pray that God would bless them, that God would help them, that God would heal them, that God would release them, that God would do miracles in them that God would do immeasurably more than all they could ever ask or imagine. I want you to pray for them because their best days are ahead of them. Their best days are not behind them. That God's not done with them yet. That he still has immeasurably more than all they could ever ask or imagine. And when we walk out of this place tonight, we're gonna walk out of this place with hope in our hearts and the healing process beginning. So pray for them, just lift them up, lift them up, lift them up and let's, let's know that their best days are still yet to come. How many are thankful for a God of second chances? 
Jesus, I want to thank you tonight. God, you are so good and your word is so true and your presence is so real. If you're here tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe, maybe you've never actually prayed to receive Christ into your life. You've never asked Jesus to come in and forgive your sins. And if you ask him, he will. He'll, get, he'll take all your wrong and give you all his right. So if you're here tonight and you know you need to pray to receive Christ, I wanna invite you, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. I wanna want invite you to pray it with me, but I, want, I wanna invite you to pray it out loud. But not alone, because our entire Second Chance family, we're gonna pray this with you so you will know you are supported by every single person in this room. So if you know you need to pray to receive Christ, you pray this with me in Second Chance family, let's make sure they're not praying it alone. To say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life and declare you as Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room tonight, if you just prayed that prayer and you just asked Christ into your life, I wanna pray with you and I wanna pray for you. So just let me know who you are right now by putting your hand straight up in the air. If you just prayed to receive Christ, hand straight up in the air, hand straight up in the air, hand in the air, hand in the air, hand in the air, praise God. Father, I wanna thank you that all day long, all day long you have saved people. All day long you have changed lives. And Jesus, I wanna thank you that all day long you've reminded us you still do miracles. You still set people free. Jesus, you still move stones and call dead things back to life. We love you. We declare that we're thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agreed said amen. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Woo! Y'all have a great week and we'll see y'all back next Sunday.